Before we start the episode, it's that time of month, ladies and gentlemen. It is the time to thank our lovely and wonderful patrons. Nope, Patreons. Patrons? <laughs> no, they're they're uh, they're the patrons. They're the patrons. Yeah, they're all robots. Are we keeping this take? <laughs> and there are patrons through Patreon. I think we should keep this take. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, don't do this to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, the, 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 the people that paid a lot of money for me to say their names are Rachel Delicio, John Delicio, and especially Samuel Copeland. So thank you to the Best Socratic Cinema family, the Delicios. You're winning that award right now. The Thanks. Heatherleys and Clarks are far behind. Very, very behind. But Samuel <laughs> Copeland, you're my boy. You're my homie. I would die for you. Ride or die. That's with me, man. And thanks to all our other wonderful patrons as well. Patrons. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you. Thank yep. you. Thank Love you. you lots. Enjoy the episode about uh, Princess Mononoke. Enjoy. Dun, dun, dun. This week on the Socratic Cinema Podcast. His demon powers are just having really strong arrows. I wanted the full-on venom tentacle whip. Okay, here's the thing I realized about Sod's wolf cloak. She had to, like, kill her brother to be able to wear that. <laughs> That's what the L in LGBT stands for, his letter. No. <laughs> Salutations from the Socratic Cinema Podcast, a month and a half in the past. It's December. No, it's January 3rd right now. While there you we're go. recording this episode. <laughs> and you may not see this for months, so... Um, to you, 2,000 years from now. Um, have fun with this one. Uh, today, though, we are talking about another, as we coined the term in a landmark Supreme Court case last time, Giblinity Stone. Yeah. <laughs> we are on a journey to collect all of the Giblinity Stones. For those who don't know or are, are late to the game here, a Giblinity Stone is just when we review a Studio Ghibli movie and we're like collecting them like the Infinity Stones, you know? So we did Spirited Away way back in 2019. We did My Neighbor Totoro way back in 2020. And now we are coming at you live with the third of the Ghiblinity Stones. That's right. Using our HBO Max subscription that we were forced to get for the terrible movie Wonder Woman 84, we are talking about <laughs> Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Now, 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 Mononoke is a little bit of a different Studio Ghibli movie. It's a lot more intense. It's a lot more mature. Uh, and I think it's very interesting, kind of contrasting with the other ones. It was released in 1997. So this is pre- Disney Ghibli, you know, so we still have that crisp, beautiful hand-drawn animation. We still have, you know, all the all the the classic Ghibli charm before, you know, uh I mean, you know, things changed a little bit when Disney got it. There's a, a clear difference between something like uh, you know, the later ones and the older ones. But anyways, yeah, we're talking about Princess Mononoke, guys. Get get buckle up cuz this is a a fun film that I really really liked. So, Without further ado, I will pass it off to my co-host, Charlie, to give us his initial oh. impressions of Princess Mononoke. Oh my god. Okay, before we get into it, I just want to get a quick poll. Who watched the sub and who watched the dub? I had no choice but to watch the dub on HBO. I watched dub. I watched the sub. Where did oh. you find the sub? Yeah, where the hell did you find that? On an anime site? Wait, she wait, pirated how, it. How did you watch? Hold on. 
why did you not just use HBO? Uh, my well, I would have had to take over the um TV for a long period of time, and <laughs> I was like, instead of doing that, I just yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say we all have it because we all had to buy it. We for, all had <laughs> to we, do one. We one. all had to do it, but. Okay, so you watched the sub. Maybe you can give some insight. I really liked the dub, honestly. I Yeah. It was a little wonky sometimes, but overall, I really liked the dub, especially the two leads I thought was, were uh, great. But you- I entirely agree. I think that every voice actor in the dub, honestly, although there were some weird pauses, I was like, why are they lingering on this pause for so long if it's a normal conversation? Besides that, lots of great voice acting. I think that all the emotions got across that they needed. I think that there wasn't a character that I was like, oh, that's so annoying or that doesn't fit them. Every character felt pretty natural within the dub, which is not something that you get for every anime. Uh, It's really hit or miss a lot of the times. And I think that this time was certainly a hit. But besides the whole sub versus dub controversy, controversy, which, uh, you know, we can go into detail about Princess (laughs) Mononoke, my favorite Studio Ghibli movie by far. It is so insanely good. and it's so insanely different than everything they did. I mean, James, you know, said it, but this movie sort of twists the way that Studio Ghibli talks about nature and the relationship that humans have with it and makes it more antagonistic, focuses on the negative elements, which I didn't think I was going to love as much, but Studio Ghibli and Hayao Miyazaki are just so good. I've also changed my pronunciation of Ghibli and Ghibli like five times in that sense. I don't care. But they're so good, and I think that even with switching their central focus on how they tell a story, switching it from positivity, or, or uh, switching it from positivity to negativity, they nailed it. I think all the characters were great. The world is phenomenal. It is the easiest ten out of ten that I've ever given for a movie, like masterpiece level. Dang! All right, Casey, go ahead. Yeah, I completely agree with Charlie on. <laughs> everything that he was saying i compl- i really really enjoyed watching this as james and charlie had mentioned like this is not the quintessential like ghibli film that we're used to watching like we're used to watching like the oh yes spirits fun colors like you know the happiness the all that like good stuff but mononoke is like no we're doing decapitations we have evil spirits we have blood gushing everywhere and i was living surprisingly but i was having (laughs) such like a good time and it's honestly like i i feel like y'all are gonna get tired of us saying oh yeah ghibli is is beautiful but it really is like every single scene is just breathtaking like how it's uh especially like the landscape scenes like oh yes giving me everything that i needed to stray again from the usual like bright colors that we're used to seeing from ghibli like we get a lot of like mucky browns and grays and greens and it's not like bright and colorful all the time like i think the darkest movie um lighting wise that i've seen of Ghibli is uh, Spirited Away with all the like bath house scenes. But even then, those are like incredibly, incredibly bright. But I just found that really, really interesting how like it was super dark and like gritty and we have like all this like violence and the chemistry between the the two leads. It does take a while to Princess Mononoke. (laughs) But I 
you didn't even feel it. Like I didn't really feel it watching it. Like I was so invested in Ashitaka. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Okay. Ashitaka's like story and his journey that I didn't even notice that like, oh, when when is she going to come in (laughs) and do her thing? And when she did like that, that was one of like the greatest scenes uh, or one of the greatest scenes in the movie where she's just running through um the ironworks. But yeah, I'll throw that over to James for his opinion. Y'all are so correct. So I really liked Princess Mononoke as well. I came off of some other people I know who watched this movie and did not like it as much. Uh, so I was a little bit unsure of what to expect going in. But for me, Princess Mononoke takes... Everything that I like about Ghibli, right, uh, the sort of Miyazaki's creativity and his world-building skills and, and this aesthetic and the soundtrack and everything, um, and he puts it into a film that's much more plot-driven and kind of traditionally dramatic, whereas most of his other films that we've talked about, especially Totoro, the last one we talked about, are much less plot-focused. They're more just about giving a, a, an impression or a feeling was kind of our big takeaway. Now, Princess Mononoke... S- takes all that lovely impressionism and, and and things like that and adds a really what I think is a really great dramatic plot on top of it and and for me especially it's it's just kind of a what's not to like scenario it's very epic it's it's very high fantasy uh, it's it's a classic hero's journey as well i think prince ashitaka is a wonderful protagonist he's probably my favorite ghibli protagonist as well he's he's just uh has a very fun arc and i really like the sort of dynamic of this guy who's like trying to play both sides of this conflict that's way bigger than him and you know reconcile these two opposite forces being you know man and and nature while also grappling with his own little curse uh subplot thing i i just thought it was wonderful like casey was saying the chemistry between san and ashitaka is great i want to talk about the title of this film because i'm a bit confused um I think that's something we should talk about. But there's just a lot of iconic scenes, um, like the scene between Ashitaka and San, where she's like is pressing the knife against his throat, and he's like, "You're beautiful." That that is uh that, that. I, I've seen that scene before. Yes. But whoo, there's just stuff. There's so so much good character interaction here. I think these are some of the most fleshed out Ghibli characters we've we've gotten to. Um, overall, I just I highly recommend it. I have maybe like some small gripes in the pacing department. And I also think towards the third act, the plot just becomes like a little too convoluted, just like maybe a little too over the top for its own good. I started to lose some focus or clarity, I guess, on what exactly was going on towards the end. But um, I think aside from that, I I think it's like a, a really, really strong nine out of 10 for me. Yeah, James. No, I feel you. There's lots of little details that i don't think are as fleshed out as they should be like i struggle to remember what the point of the obsidian necklace was like that little knife thing it just seemed like she sort of had it did that like come back oh, in a major way like the gem necklace thing yeah the gem necklace that thing. was that from the sister from... yeah that well, was a gift from ashitaka wasn't it yeah but like what was the huge point of it because it felt like a big checkoffs thing like oh the knife's gonna come back and then when she was wearing it in some of the scenes there was a very distinct hum going on with it did it do anything no i think that was just no. like so she would remember him because he thought he was never gonna see her again didn't she also like stab him with it 
Wait, are, I like, think we're talking about different things. It's a small obsidian knife necklace that she wears yeah. around her neck. Oh, I was thinking of that little blue gem necklace that he gave her. I, those those are the I, same thing. I think thing, it's the same right? thing. Yeah. Yeah. It no, is? I oh. yeah, it's like a black yeah. obsidian. Oh, it, I never it, noticed that. blue. Huh. But, no, I, I think that was just a, a memento. Okay, sure. Uh yeah, no, I can see that. It, <laughs> no, yeah, it that's just, it, I think. I don't know. It just feels like it was shaped like a knife. It it had, you know, stabbing capabilities. It felt like it was going to come back, and then it, it sort of just faded away into the distance. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was disappointed there, but you said a really interesting thing was that this movie has some of the most fleshed out uh, Ghibli characters in, I mean, ever. Like, the side characters in this movie, I feel, are very alive, and I understand all of their individual motivations and personalities. Weirdly enough, there are tons of people online who would say, the exact opposite which is that they didn't feel like they understood the motivations i I don't where are they getting that i'm you know okay i'm a little tempted to i i sim i see what they're saying the guys online there's a lot of like factions in this movie to keep track of and there's a lot of like background conflict that if you're not paying attention to is it's really confusing why anything in the third act is happening right because you have the wolf tribe is doing their own thing. The boar tribe is doing their own thing. Iron Town has their own motivation. There's Jigo uh, and the monks have their own motivation. And there's this background war going on with the samurai that you sort of have to just kind of try and remember. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on here. And I think it can be hard to remember each of their motivations and why they're doing the things they do. Because... I mean, the third act is basically all of this tension between all these factions coming to a head, and there's alliances are being made and broken. Um, and I, I can see it being hard to remember. I had to pause for a second and write down... I wrote down a list of all the factions trying to like keep track of, okay, these people want this, right? Jigo is trying to hunt and kill the forest spirit. Iron Town is also trying to kill the forest spirit, but for a different reason. They just want more iron. Uh, the boars are trying to protect the forest. The wolves are kind of doing their own thing, right? It, it, there's a lot. And the samurai are just fighting Iron Town on their own for who knows why, right? Normal war. I think for iron. Yeah, no, it's it's for iron. And then don't forget the apes, the tree planters. And they're there too. The apes. the apes, yeah. See, there's, there's, oh, this is some so Hobbit many. Battle of the Five Armies. Like, it's a lot. Um, and I just <laughs> feel like the third act can be a little hectic. Um, especially when things kind of go off the rails and the Nightwalker comes out and starts wrecking everyone and it's just like, uh, I have no clue what's going on anymore. Um, so I get that. But I think, like, if you can keep the faction straight or you can learn to just not care and just enjoy it, uh, I think it's great, you know? <laughs> if you can I, get I, out of your own head. <laughs> yeah, either pay, pay so much attention that you pause every five minutes or just kind of let it unfold because it's 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 a plot i really had to think about to make work because it's very uh, meandery it it for the first like hour it just kind of feels like we're going where the wind takes us but then at the end it's kind of like oh yeah i forgot about these apes that showed up for five minutes and these samurai we saw fighting in the background you know it's it's very subtle background storytelling which i like i i, I like when when the the background is important, you know. I remember the samurai because they got their heads blown off. Oh uh, my gosh! That was oh, the arms. The okay. 
Ashitaka's like demon power up mode is the coolest thing ever. And the bullets right? like the bullets like glitter as they go out, and it's just like it's bing! so good. It's so cool. I was okay. Go ahead. He, here, so there was one thought that I was just my head kept having it when I was watching this movie, and it's that Princess Mononoke would make the best video game of all time. I was thinking the same thing. It is literally like it's like Breath of the Wild. It feels like Breath of the Wild. But it's so much better than Breath of the Wild because you play as yeah. a supernaturally souped up murder archer who goes around a beautiful forest, can al- like make alliances with anybody he wants, rides on a goddamn red gazelle deer elk thing, right? <laughs> like you you have mounts, you have weapons, you have factions, you have yeah, exploration. It's like, like yeah, I like, loved the movie because it was so naturally something that I would just want to play and like sink my teeth into as a world. I completely agree i was like all right breath of the wild with a dash of sekiro shadows die twice with a hint of ghost of tsushima yep it dude yeah actually there's a a fun fact courtesy of imdb that says that many actually speculate that nintendo's game breath of the wild was greatly inspired from like the film and Ah. it's like the first 10 uh, minutes of the movie ashitaka's wearing uh, clo- clothes that are resemble both the color palette of Link's to- uh, tunic, and he has a sword, and also uses a bow and arrow as his main weapons, which are also the weapons Link uses in the game and the previous one. Yeah. And then the wooden observatory tower, which is destroyed by the wild demon, it closely resembles a similar a similar wooden tower with a ladder overlooking the land of Hyrule. True. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Breath of the Wild. What? Breath of the Wild, yeah, he wears blue in that game, and uh, Ashitaka wears blue. Totally. I totally buy it. That's so cool. I was thinking to myself, the Kodama, the wood spirits, in, in, uh, <gasps> they look right. like the Koroks in Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's totally safe to say that there was some inspiration here. Um, that's really cool, though. Yeah. Huh, I, I never... Like, I was thinking about that, but I didn't think about it that deep. Oh my um, god, and like all the animal spirits too that you're collecting in Breath of the Wild, like the big uh, animal guys. Oh, the divine beasts. Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still want a pure Princess Mononoke video game, though. I would like, play totally that. play that. Yeah. I think like, everyone would. Yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of the intro, intro, though, what a way to open up a movie. Like, the, the first 20 minutes of yeah. the film, like, oh, yeah. In, in an instant, you get action. You get stunning visuals, great soundtrack. You figure out what you got to do. All right, Ashitaka's cursed. There's demons in the forest. Go and fix this problem. You know, see eyes un- you know, unclouded by hate. That's such a cool line. But that eyes unclouded really, there's by There's so many cool lines. And yeah, go and mm-hmm. don't be hateful and figure out how to stop your curse. And it's just like, great, cool, we're off. Lord of the Rings style. But... The landscape shots reminded me so much of Lord of the Rings, like these huge macro shots of uh, just the land. And there's this little tiny dot and it's Ashitaka like riding down slowly. It's very Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Like one of my favorite shots came, I think it was in, we might be thinking the same shot where he's in this field where the grass is really tall and the oh, wind yeah. is waving gently over it. That just, it stuck in my mind because they lingered on that for like 15, 20 seconds. And I was like, yep, this is a Studio Ghibli movie. I absolutely love it. Uh, This movie just, 
does such a great job with nature. Like, mm-hmm. it's really the, the mission statement of Studio Ghibli to portray life and nature in the most beautiful way possible, and I think this movie does that perfectly. And when the movie starts to talk about how humanity's corrupting nature as well, and when we get to the very end, when the, you know, tainted forest spirit, I guess you would call it that, uh, starts, like, decaying everything, you can really feel, like, the life drain out of the frame when you start seeing those, those very muddled, rustic browns and reds come on screen. Like, I felt deflated when I was seeing that. Mm-hmm. And just that command over color is something that is so indicative of their style, number one. And number two does such a great job to sort of drive home the central, uh, I don't even know what to call it, the central fight of the movie, even beyond what the characters and factions are doing. Because this is really a movie where it's it's nature versus hatred. But the interesting thing is that on both sides of the war, where you get the humans and you know the forest spirits or whatever, there's hatred on both sides. Right. So yeah. Ashitaka's whole thing is, I'm going to come in here, eyes unclouded, Y'all are hating, so I'm going to hate your hate, and y'all better stop fighting. Which he eventually does, which was really, really cool. We interrupt this special program with some breaking news. Samuel Copeland coming in hot, hot and steaming with a Patreon question. He asks, just going to ask how the group got together and met one another. Thanks so much. So group, how did we get together? And meet one another. And meet one another. That is very true. Well, I just want to start by saying thank you so much for the question, Samuel Copeland, and to all you dear listeners at home. If you want to ask us a question to be featured in our famous patron Q&A segment, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Socratic Cinema and become a patron. It's really easy. You can do it in a couple of clicks. Uh, But how, how did we got together and met one another? I don't know. Uh, you you've completely forgotten and tried to deflect the question it's okay james it's fine (laughs) i remember us okay sorry it is uh 11 right now and i have not had my morning cup of water so my or my voice is gonna be very hoarse but uh should we tackle met one another i feel like that's probably chronologically the best idea right yeah do we all tell like Um, our own our our individual parts of the story sure sure i mean i can go first I met both of you in separate cases. I met James through our friend Matthias. And I think one time we were just sort of hanging out in a math classroom and I met James and it's like I was seeing myself in the mirror because it was absolutely crazy. Uh, We're so similar. We're so alike. And it it was just love at first sight, really. You know, now we're a happily married couple. And after that (laughs) brief lunch encounter our friendship evolved and now we're really close and we have a podcast together. And then but we I, met this other dude. We, we, we met this other chick, Casey somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah no, no, somewhere she was there. Along the line. I don't know. We picked her up. Uh, I honestly, forget. yeah, on the side of the road, <laughs> which way were you? She was hitchhiking. <laughs> I was hitchhiking. No, not devil all the time, man. That episode was two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh man. Hopefully uh, not. Not. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no, Casey! Oh, not the robots! Not they got the her. They got her. She's turning into T Pain. Oh god! She's a, she's a Dalek. <laughs> I am the patron. <laughs> she is the patron. <laughs> but right. uh, I met Casey through our AP Euro class, and I guess before that, technically, we did English class freshman year. But we sat next to each other in AP Euro, and I tormented her all year by being sly and snide. Uh, and then one day we were watching the movie Dunkirk 
And uh, uh, actually, I'll let Casey tell this part because I do not remember it the same way that she does. Okay. So we were watching the movie Dunkirk and I was incredibly confused, right? I've never, I'd never seen it before. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of not talking. Um, and I don't know what's going on. So I was, you know, leaning over to Charlie because I was assuming, you know, Charlie, smart, big brain. I was like, Charlie, what's going on? And then we just started talking about this movie and our long-term sub at the time I was like, you know what? You guys should make a podcast. And we're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess. And it's like, okay, that, that's pretty fun. So that's how um, that kind of situation went down with Charlie. I think I officially met James in a math class, fresh, uh, not freshman year, sophomore year in host class. We didn't sit yeah, next yeah. to each other, but... Yeah. Yeah, we we didn't we never really like talked until the the podcast was like a thing. Uh Yeah. Right. I don't remember us being super close. My my uh side of the story, I mean, so I didn't really meet Casey until the podcast was decided that it would happen. But like Charlie said, we had a meet cute and then um <laughs> we would talk about movies all the time during lunch, just like hanging out like chums do and we would talk about movies. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to write video essays, um, but, you know, just talking's a lot easier than making videos. So, Charlie, we should start a movie podcast. And then he said to me, wouldn't you know it, my other delightful film friends also want to start a podcast. Um, why don't we all do it together? Uh, and, and I said, yeah, that sounds lovely. Uh, they seem like great people. You know, we should watch Aladdin as our as our debut movie. Mm. I think that'd be really good. Man. What a good choice. Uh, Brilliant we went, choice. That it really was. And uh, next thing you know, we were huddled around Charlie's Blue Yeti in his basement. And uh, forgot and, that's how we did it. Yeah. Oh my God, we were two such... people to a couch. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Jesus. And and the rest is history. You know, I still cringe whenever someone tells me they listened to any of our episodes that came out prior to like 2021. You know, <laughs> prior to 2021. Prior really, to, you're gonna, you're prior to the last. Man. You know, just anything older than the last episode that came out. I try not to think about. <laughs> but that's how we met, and uh, and the rest is history. And you know, there's. We revamped our logo and and uh, lots changed, but so uh, you know overall, that's how we met, and the rest was history. The end. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. Enjoy the rest of the episode. You know, it's the classic kind of like super pure prince grappling with this hateful curse, right? You know, bridge between two worlds, yada, yada, yada. Classic. Because um, he kind of is the bridge, right? He has the forest spirit demon curse, and he's also yeah. human, right? Great. Love it. Super cool. Awesome outfit. Does he have a flaw? Like, is there anything wrong with Ashitaka? Your uh, Casey, you go ahead. No, I don't even know if this is like a flaw, but maybe it's his like connect. <sighs> it's like his maybe it's his ability to like no matter what he's gonna like try to protect San. But even that's like not all the way true. Yeah, because like he 
he's just like chilling with Iron Town for a while, and he's like, nah, I'm, <laughs> right. this. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go find Lady Eboshi. I mean, he's like, he maybe his quote unquote flaw is just the fact that he has the curse. I don't know. That's a pretty lame, like, Dang. that's pretty lame, yeah. but it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, cause, cause really he's like super heroic, super strong, is like this pacifist who has compassion for all sides and like risks his life to save those Iron Town dudes. It's like, what's not to love about this guy? He's, he's, he's the best. He's the coolest. <laughs> I I guess so, and I completely agree. I think if we have to pick out a flaw, it's that he doesn't achieve his goal. Like, his whole thing is trying to bring sort of a peaceful balance to everything. He wants humans and nature oh, to yeah. coexist. But mm. he fails at that. He lets Lady Aboshi, like, shoot the head off of the forest spirit. He lets this humongous war happen, and then when people are dying on both sides, he doesn't really seem to do much to stop the fighting. Like, he only succeeds after everything has gone wrong, and he just returns the head to, like, the, you know, mysterious evil forest spirit's body, and then it dies. Like, humanity won in that fight. And he... You're right. And all he did um, was, like, save his girlfriend. Like, his flaw is probably his love for Princess Mononoke. He's a bit selfish. Okay, wait, right? wait, wait. You, you brought something up here that I want to talk about. Let's talk about the title of the movie, because her name is San, right? Wolf Girl is... Her name is San. Yeah. And they mentioned Princess Mononoke. They were like, the wolf stole Princess Mononoke's spirit. Is, is San also Princess Mononoke? I'm just... Yeah. I'm just I think so, yeah. But is that ever, like, made... It's never, like, <laughs> confirmed. You know what? I, I got this, like, little... Um, I don't know if it's because she's, like, girl hairstyle or whatever. But when... In the scenes where her and Ashitaka are together I was like they have the same haircut and that kind of like brought me to believe or like the theory that maybe she was like going on the theory that she is Princess Mononoke and then mm -hmm. something happened to her where she like cut her hair in a way where it like might look like you know the post dishonor bun cut uh, I was like oh mm -hmm. but then they never they never really come Oh, like she came from it. some sort of nobility and she's got the dishonor cut now too and blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. they say how she got to the wolf people. They or She was dropped off after two people were wandering in the forest and the wolves took her in. And the reason she's princess is because she's princess of the wolf gods. Right. Okay, I, 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 I am, oh. I'm Googling it right now. Uh, she is Princess Mononoke. It's a son also known as, as Princess Mononoke. Uh, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what does Mononoke mean? Oh, he, hold uh, on. It's on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm reading it. That's what this, I'm reading this website out loud. Mononoke means the spirit of a thing. Uh, basically, the Japanese blame Mononoke for every unexplainable thing, from a major natural Dang. disaster to a minor headache. A Mononoke could be the spirit of an inanimate object, such as a wheel, the spirit of a dead person, the spirit of a live person, the spirit of an animal, ghost, the spirit of nature. Totoro is a Mononoke. A Mononoke is a monster slash ghost slash spirit. So she's the spirit princess. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, okay. Mm. Cool. That was a super roundabout well, way of saying spirit. Like, why did they... Right. <laughs> I guess it's super nuanced, but then they abandoned all the nuance and were like, monster spirit. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. Yeah, but why is it called Princess Mononoke? Is the film really about her? I think she's the iconic, like... 
there's always something iconic in Ghibli, right? In Totoro, it's Totoro. In Spirited Away, it's No Face. I think she's just like this movie's icon, and she is pretty important. I think she's really cool too. Like, is really cool. Yeah, that yeah. Year, the scene of her storming Iron Town and just like zip zap zopping all those guards is my favorite scene of the movie because it's so slickly animated, and it it's just so good. It's just so 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 good. I'm gonna say this though, my I have one big complaint about this movie about Prince Ashitaka. And that is that he never got cool tentacle venom demon arm powers. That's I yes was, okay. <laughs> Agree. The whole movie, he's got this. He's got the mark on his arm. Every time he gets rip rare to go, it like starts going jelly mode and like freaking out, and he has to like dip it underwater and get it in control. I was like, dude, I cannot wait for this to boil over the edge and Ashitaka to go ham and use his tentacle demon powers. Because that's what, like, his arm is flailing like it's about to burst, right? It's like, yeah. this is he's going to get Venom powers for sure. And then even in the Iron Town, he gets the purple, like, purpley black demon tentacle things wrap around his arm and that stuff. That was so cool. And he uses it to, like, bend the blade back and stuff. So cool. And it, yeah. like, grabs onto sign. And I was like, oh, yes, it's time for Venom powers. And then he never does it again. His demon powers are just <laughs> having really strong arrows. I wanted the full-on Venom tentacle whip. And I just am really disappointed that we never got that. I don't think it would have, like, cheapened the movie. I don't think it would have been too much for this movie. I mean, I think it would have fit, honestly. Like, I... I it's a personal thing, but I just... I, What can I say? I entirely agree. I think the reason they didn't have it is because the tentacles only come out when he is doing something that requires hatred or passion. So specifically when he's fighting, when he's shooting an arrow, that's when it comes out. When he's trying to get through to Princess Mononoke, he bends the blade because he's very determined and passionate about getting to her. When he's grabbing on to both um, a Mononoke and uh, a Boshi, right? He wants to yeah. keep them still. There's not really a moment after that where his passion boils over the edge, but I would like to have seen it. I guess it's sort of contradictory to the whole sea with unclouded eyes thing. I don't know. I think they could have fleshed out the uh, sort of internal struggle between passion and, you know, this sort of stoic calm a bit better. I agree with you, but the rules stayed consistent enough for me where I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's correctly. interesting that you point out that he only gets his demon powers when he's passionate. Cause it seems like when demon mode is activated, he's extremely calm. Like he has demon mode on. He's got sign on his back after the iron town incident. And that lady's like, put her down or I'll shoot you. And he just like stone face turns around and walks away. Uh, and he's like, Oh, I got in through this gate. I'm going to get out through this gate. And he just pushes it open. Like he's so cold faced, stoic, Awesome. So has demon power. Mm -hmm. But here's how about how about because I see what you're saying. He doesn't really go like go super hard after that, really. He does like a little bit of fighting in the big war against some of Jigo's guys, but that's about it. But maybe he starts out not being able to control the curse. Right. So in that first initial fight against the samurai, uh like the first, first fight against the samurai while well, he's just riding through the countryside. Bam. Mm -hmm. Tentacle whip mode, right? She just doesn't know how to control it. Goes berserk. And through, you know, some rising plot magic and development with San, blah, 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 
he learns so it's like a reverse it's it's like a power down like he learns how to control it you know i don't know i'm just trying to find some way to include what i so dearly wanted to see (laughs) honestly you know what what would have been cool when um what's what's the pig's name okoto yeah, like if he would have sure. gone demon mode to try to rip Okoto apart, that would have been enjoyable oh. for me. Ashitaka, oh. demon arm Ashitaka versus demoned out Okoto. Final fight. All right, you guys have sold Final fight. See, thank you. <laughs> right, because Oko- I thought they were gearing up to have Okoto be like the final like versus, you know? Yeah, the big boss. And then, and then it kind of wasn't. Uh, and like from that point on, from like the confrontation with Okoto onwards was where I started to be just like, whoa, what is happening? Because the night spirit turns in, or the forest spirit turns into the night walker, and the wolf head chomp chomps Lady Eboshi's arm off, and now Jigo's like the bit. I it just got <laughs> a little bit much for me all at once. I was like, because a wolf can still bite after death or whatever. Yes. I know. <laughs> the check the head can still bite after it's cut off. That was a good callback. That I was, was like, you deserve that one. I was like, you know what? This is dumb, but I'll take it. Right? Well, because they needed to do it. If they didn't say that line, I would have been like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> you know? The way it like shimmies, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, like a little war- well, like that whole scene, like the, the the shimmying reminds me of how all of the dudes in the boar skin are like shimmying along oh, uh, next geez. to Okoto. Is his name? Yeah, yeah. that it, like Okoto's character in that moment where he's like, "My warriors, they've returned from the land of the dead." That was so powerful to me, and I don't yeah. even really yeah. know why. Like it was just so badass that like this guy's like, "My army of dead is here. Let's go fight all the humans again." But it and he's sad. bleeding out of his mind. Yeah, it was like really depressing too, because because uh, they're they just got like, wrecked. Because there's these, they're not his. You know, like I think it's sort of like the whole. There's something sad about seeing. It's like, you know, the humans are absolutely going to stomp in any of these like nature or native versus like, okay, listen, we can all be like real here and say that like, this is sort of a colonizer kind of thing, right? These guys are colonizing nature, right? Yeah. In any of these things where you know, the people with the technology are going to win. It's so sad. It's just so sad because they don't stand a chance. Like nature, like, like you said, Charlie, nature lost like easy. The boars got blown up with grenades and mines, right? It's just oh, not geez. even close. So when you see Okoto, like, what he thinks is like, oh, this crazy 11th hour turnaround and his warriors come back. Can you hear him? No, he went into the... Okay, I thought it was me. He went into the void. Jamesy? Oh, he just dropped. James? You back? What happened? I don't know, man. <laughs> we have no computer just turned off (gasps) wow (laughs) the last thing we heard with was crazy 11th hour turnaround oh no (laughs) did you say a lot after that (laughs) uh not not very much i'm just confused what happened why did Did you unplug something Uh, maybe i might have like accidentally hit the because you seem very passionate so i was wondering if you were gesticulating and I'm looking around. Everything seems to be in order. Foiled again. All right. Foiled again. So you got this crazy 11th hour thing where all the dead boars come back. And it's really sad because they're not the dead boars coming back. 
it's the humans, you know, bastardizing nature to the point that they are using animal skins. It's just such a such a not cool move. It's the very not cash money thing to do, right? <laughs> and it's just it's sad. It's so sad seeing like, dang, you got played hard, Okoto. Not to mention, all right, this has nothing to do with the point. The the Okoto has such a gross old design. His eye goop. Y'all see oh, I hate oh, the yeah. eye goop. I I ugh, I why can't anyone swipe it away from him? I know. Like just I know I want get in there. My, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Manu. Come but, on, son. Just but overall, <laughs> take like, your thumb. The designs in this movie were, were great overall, though. Like mm-hmm. I thought the demon designs were really, really cool. I thought Ashitaka's like combat get up with the straw cloak and the red hood oh, was really yes. cool. Hot. I know. San's like wolf cloak and the mask was really it's 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 just all really cool. Okay. Here's the thing I realized about San's wolf cloak. She had to like kill her brother to be able to wear that. Like think (laughs) about it. She she doesn't wear fur or or she doesn't grow fur. There had to be a dead wolf. They had to skin that dead wolf. And then now she's wearing its skin. I feel like Moro would be like, I know about it. Like I don't even Probably. think Mama Wolf would be pressed. <laughs> Mama Wolf seems she, the Wolf Tribe is very interesting because it seems like I mean they're on Team Nature, but it really seems like they're only looking out for themselves. Over like you know they're not not really where the apes and the boars are kind of very gung ho. Like we're gonna kill the humans, uh, blah blah blah, death tall humans. The wolves are kind of like. Let's just see what happens. You know, maybe we don't kill Ashitaka. Maybe we just kind of see what 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 happens here, you know? I just thought the wolves were a very interesting kind of third-party player. It's probably because their princess yeah. is a human. True. Yeah, I feel like they <laughs> function in a lot more of the the gray area of knowing that like humans are just going to come back, which is like what Moro said. It's like, "Oh, well there's humans everywhere. Go kill them." In your yeah. like forest, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Are there more forests than just that one in this universe? Why Maybe. can't they move? Uh, why can't Iron Town move, or why can't the forest spirits move? Why can't the forest spirits move? Just like straight up. Maybe they're go kind of. Leave. Maybe they're kind of spirit bound to that forest you know i mean like mm, tethered. that's kind of how spirits work i feel like you know tethered. Like, yeah. Yeah, tethered. <laughs> oh i thought you said heathered and it was a reference to the conan gray song i was like what are you oh. talking about? see when i hear heather i can't tell if i'm supposed to think of the like i, I don't know if i'm supposed to think <laughs> of the song or or uh the winona rider movie or the oh, musical adaptation Heathers. of the winona rider music <laughs> no, no i'm just Again, thinking of ashitaka being like why don't you ever? <laughs> it's about Princess Mononoke. She's like, well, you're a human, duh. You're a human. Oh, I wanted to say, I really liked how it's not just the, the end of the movie isn't like, okay, San, let's go live with the humans now. Life is great, and I love to be human. It's like, no. San was like, I can't forgive the humans. And Ashitaka says, yeah. I mean, I get it. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I get that. <laughs> fair like, enough. I think they did a good job of resolving this movie in a way where nothing felt too contrived except for Jigo. Uh, and nothing felt too like, these are the bad guys, they get punishment. And these are the good guys, they get praise. It was like, 
Lady Eboshi, not all bad after all. We're going to try Irontown again. And San goes back to her life in the forest because it's, you know, she can't, for, uh, naturally, she can't forgive the humans. I mean, humans didn't do anything to really redeem themselves, right? San has no reason That's to like facts. them at this point. Uh, and Ashitaka and San have their little cute romance that will hopefully blossom yeah. and bloom. Uh, yeah, I think it's him be one... like, I'll come and visit you. I adorable. Know. So adorable. So Forest GF. I, I, I think, the forest. Yeah. No, I swear I have a girlfriend. She lives in the forest. This is interesting <laughs> because I think this is one of the the first Ghibli movies we've watched, at least, where there's a very direct romance. Like, there, I mean, there's the cute little like there's Satsuki and the neighbor boy and Totoro, but that's not really like. That's more of just by the end of the movie, they're like friends. There's not like friends. romance. They can is stand not each point. other. Yeah. Romance isn't the point. Like, romance wasn't the point of Spirited Away. I mean, uh, you know, the only other Ghibli movie that I can think of right now with, like, a romance as a big focal point is, um, like, Howl's Moving Castle, you know? Even, oh, yeah. I want to watch that one. Yeah, never seen it. <laughs> oh, so. it's, 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 I'm... A, it's a good one. Uh, but I think Princess Mononoke, and even for this big epic tale, like, Romance is not the focal point. I don't think I, I think that's interesting that, that Ghibli is never like romance is never the front and center thing going on, you know? There's always well, something bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're so great, is because their entire filmography is about love and the different ways that it shows up. And they very rarely touch on the most stereotypical kind, which is romantic. Yeah. A lot of it is familial, a lot of it is appreciation for the world around you. Like they attack the concept of love in such so, not like you know a negative connotation, Bash but they—they're uh, like screw romance. It's all dead. Forest yeah. GF. They're not even gonna kiss at the end. No, true. Like <laughs> no kiss for Ashitaka. Really disappointed in that. By the way, I would have liked an Ashitaka kiss. Uh, I would have, or at least Ashitaka is just a man. Ashitaka is respectful. He would never. He, he drinks. I respect women juice. Literally studies the blade. No way he's gonna, you know. I know. While you were out it. getting a girlfriend, I studied the blade. I studied <laughs> the blade. But yeah, like, and I think that this movie, James, you're totally right. It, it's about you know love of nature, love of sort of community, because you see that in, in stuff like Iron Town, where everybody's trying to work together and and sort of bring up the dregs of society. Everyone gets together, makes their own destiny. It's about that sort of communal love. Uh, and then how two communities who love each other can hate, uh, you know, different communities so very much. So good on Studio Ghibli for not being stereotypical. Yeah, and, and very yeah. cool of Lady Eboshi to give the lepers something to do. I thought that was like, that was the big moment where I was like, okay, so she's not going to be like, what I thought was going to happen as soon as we got into Iron Town, I was like, okay, Ashitaka is going to do something here that they don't like, and Iron Town is going to be the bad guys for the rest of the movie. But no, it was like, oh, wait. Like, yeah, Lady Eboshi was like a conquistador, you know, who's trying to take over the forest. <laughs> but she also, like, gives jobs to the lepers and is, like, you know, has this team of, like, these capable women and, 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 and is, you know, willing to change her ways in the end. Like, I'm glad Lady Eboshi was not a one-note antagonist. I think yeah. this, this plot was pretty nuanced. Plus her kimono pants. <gasps> her hat did you guys see the red hat or whatever she yes. was wearing she was serving look after look <laughs> yes no I entirely I, I have two questions about the lepers 
by the way. Number yeah. one, why is every leper in this universe the best engineer known to man? Number two, why is leprosy contagious? Yes, or is it very, yes. very much so. Very contagious. So it's just fine that they're fighting together? The lepers can fight with one another, yes. But they were fighting with some of the women, I thought. No, they were in the... The only time we saw a leper fight was like a little slot in the wall opened up and he poked a gun mm -hmm. out. The lepers, I think, were... I remember what Charlie's saying. There was a oh, leper really? on... Yeah, with the toki. Yeah. There was? On top of the oh, wall. Maybe they got over it. I think Desperate Times called for Desperate Measures. Leprosy gone. No, I, guns I, aimed. People got over their leprophobia, you know? I, oh, God. You, you get leprosy measures. from interacting with lepers, though. That's like, it's not leprophobia. COVID phobia. You leprophobic. <laughs> no. That's what the L in LGBT stands for, is leper. No. I've had enough. This the has been an episode of... Day after day, the slander continues. That's Not an audio bite. I would get it canceled if that was an audio bite. No. No, surely no. not. But okay. And so the that G answers stands question for, Wait, two. wait, wait. And the G stands for Ghibli. Oh. <gasps> Oh my god, True. wait, so, so now we can add the next film theory to every Ghibli movie, <laughs> LGBT, you can find acronyms yeah. within the movie itself. And the B stands for Bononoke. Bononoke <laughs> stands for bathhouse. Oh, oh, spirited away. There we go. The T stands okay. for Totoro. Oh my god. Oh, wow. Dang. And, you know, for some people, that's where the acronym ends, so maybe we should not. <laughs> not and the plus off. is everything the plus is The plus is the rest of the movies. Oh my gosh, guys, gosh. we've done it. We've, we've actually done it. done it. I know. Seven deadly sins. <laughs> Stand aside. Stand aside. Seven, deadly, seven sins. deadly sins for fantastic letters. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think uh, that's going to be our new thing is to find the LGBT in <laughs> bro, I'm so down. Spot an LGBT in each movie. <laughs> Eboshi, prove me wrong. Yes, you know, no, I was about to say, suit. I think I might get this right, Casey. Tell me if I'm wrong or right. Strong bi energy. Yes. Yes. Finally, finally. Third time's the charm, baby. Let's go. Charlie keeps yes. trying. Yes. You're winning approval, Charlie. I've done it. <laughs> well, because like making points. I, I'm just very bad at telling if somebody is bi or gay or straight. I just think everyone's chill. I'm just like, oh, everyone's like neutral. And that doesn't What's mean your... anything. It, What's your gender neutral. expression? I'm chill. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. Like, right. I, I'm, the, I'm the biggest himbo in that regard. Labels but... are a scam. They're Labels really are a scam. Labels are, are such a scam. Just, <laughs> just, like, take a soul and just live, bro. <laughs> right, find your spark. Find your spark. <laughs> okay, stop. Where are we going, guys? <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. Joe Hisaishi delivers once again with the banging soundtrack. I oh yeah. At some point, mm -hmm. I keep I can only hear like they all start to sound the same. It's like this is uh, this definitely was in Spirited Away too, right? <laughs> you know, but mm -hmm. I I I it was banging nonetheless. It's always always hits. Joe Hisaishi never misses. You know. Oh damn! You're reminding me of that TikTok. That TikTok. It's Joe. Hisaishi, but it's uh I guess I never miss, huh? It's that no. one. No. Uh, <laughs> no. We're not, we're gonna, not gonna, go gonna there. do that. You know, I deleted TikTok right before, you know, the today I deleted TikTok. 
Um, oh, is this your Lent thing? Is no, Lent around yet? Lent Lent is not till like March. I just gotcha. I just my attention span has been reduced to goldfish level, and <laughs> I waste too much time on TikTok. I, so I I deleted it. Um, we'll see if that improves things for me because I'm really tired of not being able to think about one thing for more than like a minute. You know. It's Maybe true. that's yeah. what Ashitaka was fighting against. Maybe he foresaw TikTok and was like, if we keep progressing as an iron society, <laughs> dude, this eventually whole, TikTok will come around. This whole movie is Anne Prime coding. You're right. The Industrial Revolution and its consequences <laughs> have been a disaster. <laughs> iron Town and its consequences have been a disaster. This was our warning. Yeah. I you know, I I, I buy it, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Is uh I think Princess Mononoke is a movie that kind of speaks for itself a little bit, you know? I think you just got to watch it, write down all the factions, repeat to yourself what each character's motivation is so that you can understand the third act. Because, I mean, it's confusing. Like, everyone's motives are very similar, but, like, they're doing the same thing but for different reasons, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to keep track of, uh, but... If you took a push, I feel like you're able to keep it all straight in your head, though. <laughs> right. It's it's like it's not more complicated than why each country got involved in World War One. It's like roughly equivalent, I'd say. So if you, if you can keep track of one, you can keep track of the other. <laughs> You've just said that a college level course is about just as hard to understand as this movie. But I mean, still <laughs> self-explanatory movie really speaks for itself in feeling. I mean um, yeah, emotionally. Ooh la la. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Question. Yes. Would you guys say yes to the black goo to the black goo arm? Would you take the poison devil arm no. for your own? I'm doing. I would. You say could I would. people though. But well, I don't need to do that very much in my day to day. Speak for yourself. I mean, I yeah. feel like Charlie is a hit man. <laughs> I mean, it was this movie only takes place over a couple of days, and he was like it's, dying. It's bread, man. I'm gonna say nah to the devil arm curse. But what I, if it only spread that fast because he kept using it? But True. Here's the thing: there's not even cool venom tentacle arm powers, so I don't really <laughs> want it. Okay, okay, no, but benefits. Number one, you get to go on a forest adventure. You're like mandated, like you can get work time off for that. You could say this is a medical forest adventure. This is a medical forest. Because I need to I go. I don't know where everything. you work, Charlie. Number two, <laughs> number two, you can murder people very easily if you need to. It, it, like if someone's about to mug you in an alleyway, get a bow and arrow and just like chop their arms off. Like, with the, perfect. With the force behind those arrows, I, I feel like I could throw a pebble and it would like clear, like yeah. cleave them. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I don't see any negatives. Number three, you get to meet a wolf girl at some point in the story. So I don't see any negatives to, to so getting a poison. You're not arm. asking if we want the devil arm. You're asking you if you want, want to be Ashitaka. Ashitaka. The devil arm is Ashitaka. <laughs> Inseparable. Only... I thought it was interesting that he still had a little bit of the mark on his arm at the end of the movie. My I point guess. exactly. Like, uh, how is that your... How? <laughs> how? <laughs> Ashitaka is the devil arm. His character was defined by... Uh, every time someone's just... You know so sometimes you just say things to keep audio coming? Like, <laughs> like my point exactly. I'm just going to start calling people on it. Being like, how? You know? Or when someone's like, I could think of 
10, like a million <laughs> times in this movie where this happens. I'd be like, oh yeah, name two. You know, okay. I'm just going to start okay. whoa, calling whoa, whoa. people. To be fair, that does happen, but it is true. Like if somebody says this happened like, you know, 20 times in a movie, I could only name two, but it probably did happen more than that. I see what you're saying, but I just like, we've progressed past the need for filler words. Like if you need to fill time, I would just say, uh, I say, you know, or I don't know. Yeah. Right. I, I have filler <laughs> words I say, but if you make a claim in your filler word, I'm going to call you on it. <laughs> My filler word is a thesis. I feel attacked I for can't. no good reason. It's not you. It's not. It's you not. It's not. Comment, I'm like that. You just called me out on it. What do you mean? It's not me. How is it? Yeah. Like, how is it your point? All right. You don't know. I, I despise. I, <laughs> I can feel my devil arm growing. So how long is it going to be till we do another Giblinity Stone? Because it was like a year and a half between the first two. And it really it was, was. Three months before this one again. Um, I just want to do more Ghibli. I love Ghibli. I'll keep watching anything. Yeah. I feel my power is growing. I know. <laughs> we like added another drop the stone into the gauntlet and it like magnet whizzes into place. That was so satisfying in Infinity War. No, it really was. Like mm -hmm. Maybe we'll get, once we get all of them, then we'll get a uh, Venom tentacle oh, arm. Venom arm, yeah. Right. <laughs> you will accept fan art of the Goblinity Stones and all of us having oh, that yeah. on our on our fists, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but you just have to guess what we look like. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless you follow our Instagram on, like, the one off day, like, a year, like, two years ago, when we had ourselves on our Instagram I think we just but, had Charlie. Uh, well, we Instagram. had a Charlie birthday post and a Hallie birthday post back in the day. But I think we've yes. had a, we, we were all on our stories at one point. Oh, that's true. Maybe OGs remember we were gonna we we toyed with doing a 5k face reveal, but then before we could decide, we were already at 10k and it just kind of fell through. So thanks for so 10k. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for 10k. For 10K. Hey, hey, get us a 25 and we'll consider it. Okay, but wouldn't you guys be really interested in what people think we look like? Like, do people think I look like a a Weasley like five four, you know? Skinny dude. I mean, like that sort of is what I look like. But I know, you know. he's saying that to throw you off. <laughs> to throw you off. He's actually what? beefed and six two. <laughs> yes, is he? Yes. Thank you, Casey. One hundred percent correct. Yes. <laughs> no wait. It's do we'll just do like a dream thing, you know, and we just never reveal, and uh, uh, people we reveal like our that. neck, neck reveal, corpse hand reveal. <laughs> Did he do a hand reveal? Yeah, and everyone freaked out about it. Oh my gosh! At 50k, I will do a uh, knee reveal. Ear reveal. Just the cap. Just, Just the knee cap. No cap. <laughs> no cap. <laughs> I will show the cap. Elbow reveal. It's just like the nasty, ashy elbow skin on the end. You know? <laughs> no, no Ashi Not me. Like mangled by the virus. <laughs> <sighs> Let us know if you want a face reveal, guys. But uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast. It's um, It was a nice day today. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. And be sure to like and comment and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And let us know what you think about Princess Mononoke and whether or not you think having a gooey devil arm attack would have been a good idea. Um, follow us on Spotify and leave us a five-star rating 
Thanks for listening. We've uh, uh, been talking about Princess Mononoke. Which Ghiblinity Stone should we get next? You decide. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we have been Socratic Cinema. Sayonara. Adios. Adios. Adios.